Hey everybody, welcome to Scandalous Grace. I am your host, Carla Swanigan, and I am so excited that you're tuning in today. We have a really special treat today. On this podcast episode, we are sitting down with Pastor Joel Power of Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. I'm going to tell you just a little bit about Joel, and then we're going to jump into my interview with him, which I just came from a few minutes ago, and it was really amazing. You guys are going to love it. He has such um, a heart for people to know the love of God, and it just comes out in everything that he says. But I wanted to um, just tell you a little bit about Joel. He's the husband of 12 years to the gorgeous Sarah Jane and their two girls, Justice and Honey. He has more than a decade of experience working in a variety of different capacities within church leadership. Joel has a passion to see people championed into their destinies. And as a musician, he has a high value for worship and the arts. He loves his coffee, and he's a seasoned traveler who absolutely loves culture. His family lives by the simple mantra, love God and love people. And for them, life should be lived out with lots of fun and adventure. Joel is a graduate of BSSM, and he holds an advanced diploma of theology and ministry. And he is currently a first-year revival group pastor here at Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. So we're going to jump right into the interview. I got a chance and opportunity to to sit down with him in between his busy schedule. So um, we just sat down in his office, and and there's times throughout the podcast that you can kind of hear some noise, some chit-chat going on outside of his office. Don't be distracted by that. We're not in a sound booth here in California right now. So um, just enjoy this. Enjoy his heart for the Father. Enjoy his heart for people and um, just all the wisdom that he shares with you today. You're going to love it, and you're going to love Joel. Thanks for tuning in, you guys, and now we'll just jump right into the interview. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Scandalous Grace. I am your host, Carla Swanigan, and it's the show where we leave religion out of it and just bring Jesus. I'm so glad that you are tuning in today. If you've missed any of our previous episodes, you can catch them on Spotify or iTunes under Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan. But I'm super stoked today because... Here with me today is Pastor Joel Power. Thanks for joining us, Joel. Such a privilege to be here with you. I am so excited to have you on the show. Um, My Revival Group Pastor, Jeremy, recommended you. And so um, I'm just totally stoked to get to know you better and to kind of hear your heart. And I just really appreciate you taking this time to sit down with us. I know it's a really busy time for you. It's a busy week. We have... um, Randy Clark coming in for our healing school this week, and I got to do that a few years ago at my home church with him, and it's amazing, so I'm very excited. Yeah, such a privilege to be here with you, Colin. Thank you so much. So, okay, I I just want to hear a little bit of your story, like how you met the Lord and how you ended up here at BSSM as a revival group pastor. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a long journey from meeting the Lord to to being here today, sitting in this room, but... um, I think what led me to the Lord is I, I grew up in the church. My dad was a pastor. Uh, our family had been involved in ministry for a long time, serving in so many different capacities. <clears throat> and so I went to a Christian school. Mm. and uh, But I really didn't fully have an engaged knowledge of who the Lord was for me, probably until I was about 17 or 18. Okay. And uh, I was out having fun with the guys and going to a casino one night and just doing those things on random weekends that we would. Mm-hmm. And then I, I remember one once where I, I walked back into my room 
Smelling like smoke. I didn't smoke. I never have, but I smelled like smoke because of the places. Oh I've yeah, been to. from the casino and stuff. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. the bars. Yeah. And it was like we got there in the afternoon. It was now four in the morning. So I was like, oh, it was one of those experiences. And yeah, I, it was like in your skin. In my skin. Yeah. I blew most of my pay because I was waiting for my dad at that point. Wow. <laughs> and on on a Russian roulette table. So, anyways, I, I I get home and I just felt this overwhelming presence in the room. And this is the funny thing. It wasn't like God was literally saying anything. Mm-hmm. But I felt this presence come into the room at my parents' home. And I immediately got on the floor and said, "I'm Lord, I'm sorry. Wow. Forgive me for all my sins. Today I choose to follow you. Oh, my gosh. And that, and that there started the momentum of me being you know, a Christian, yeah. full-fledged Christian in my heart, following serving God. And, uh, and wow. then obviously the journey to here would lead us to being here at Bethel and and I'm married. I've been married for 14 years. Have two awesome. children, Honey and Justice. Sarah is my beautiful wife. Yes. I, she's so stunning. I live in constant thankfulness. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> so awesome. I love her very much. And we journeyed to be here uh, in 2015. That's amazing. So, um, for my listeners that are new to the Lord, mm-hmm. um, you have this incredible God encounter yeah. in your bedroom at 18 or so. What? was your next step? Like, how did you get plugged in yeah. to, to build your relationship with him? You know, it's funny. It's a good question. So I'm 35 now. And so that was at 18. So it's a, a, little, a little while ago. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I felt it was always best the community that you were hanging around with. So I just knew, first of all, I kind of knew I had to be in church more. Oh yeah. I knew I just had to engage. It was one of those moments where I, I felt the sinful nature of myself mm. needing the Lord. Yeah. And so from that point, it was just engaging with what was actually happening already in the home, which I was aware of and a part of, but had no revelation of. Wow. And then really just hanging out with the right people. In fact, that that was the last time I hung out with those particular people. I've never hung out since. Really? So it, it was for me, it was like a, a cross crossroad. I had to either go that way or this way. Wow. And yeah. That's and I think I think they were the principal things. Is like, oh, okay. Oftentimes, the the community you hang out with can often try to define who you are. Mm-hmm. But I had such an experience with God. I had to let that experience with God define my culture and community. Yeah. It's that whole thing. I mean, it even talks about it in Job. But and you hear people talk about it. Like, I knew of God, but now I know God. Like yeah. when it when He becomes real to you, like that's something you never forget. And nobody can take away from you. Like you, yeah. it's like a like doubt leads, you know, and that's so true. I, I pray that people <clears throat> get a revelation of the Lord's love. Yeah. You know, I, I think the light bulb moment of yes. like, I know about God. I've seen people, I've seen the, the TV. I can hear about God. But when you know God, mm-hmm. you experience his love. And that's the, un, that's the, the place where you become unconvinced. Yeah. Like you don't need faith to believe anymore because you're so entwined with his love. Yes. And I think that's what happened with me then. It was like, it's just, it would take me diabolical faith to disbelieve mm-hmm. his love yeah. for me. <laughs> right? A lot of times when people tell me, um, you know, please pray for my loved one. They're an atheist or they don't believe anymore. Or they've walked away from the Lord. I always pray that same prayer that they would have their own yeah. incredible God encounter, whatever that looks like yeah. for them, you know, because that changes everything. They it, can't it really does, deny yeah. it. You know? can't deny that. Yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. And I love what you said about you know, that was the last time that you saw those particular friends that you were hanging out with. Um, my life was very, my story is very similar to that, but I do a lot of jail prison ministry 
And that's the one thing that the girls always ask me to pray for them about. They want me to pray for their family and their kids. And then they ask me to pray for when they get out because they're worried about going back to the same people and the same culture and the same community that got them there sort of in the first place. And so that is a big deal to be able to release your old life and your old ways. And part of that is sometimes letting go of some maybe unhealthy relationships. That's tough, especially when you're confined to the prisons. I was in Texas last year and spoke to 300 men. And I felt the Lord tell me as I was speaking to these men that his blood covenant is better than any covenant you can make. Now, I'm I'm aware that when I said that, I'm talking to some of the biggest gang leaders who are incarcerated in America in this particular prison. Wow. (laughs) But I think that's what an encounter does. Yeah. With the with the love of the authentic encounter with the love of God, that it becomes not even an immeasurable thing against something else. Mm. Like I so have experienced His love, I'm willing to to say no to the old life and the old community I lived in. Yeah. Some of those men that I that I had chatted to in that prison, they've done that at great cost to themselves. But yeah. because they're no longer living for themselves, it matters not. Yeah. And for me, I was like. Wow. And it's so hard to explain that to people unless they experience it for themselves. Yeah. Oh, so I love exactly. what you said about like a love revelation from mm-hmm. the Lord. So that's really good. At the end, I'm going to ask you to pray that. Oh, I pray, yeah. Before Absolutely, we go. yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask you, so you're a revival group pastor for yeah. the first year, students yeah. here at BSSM. What is one of your favorite things about being an RGP? Yeah, I, I think for me is I love people. I love being in people's successes, and I love being in people's messes. Mm, that's think, good because there are people <laughs> oh, that yeah. only prefer, you know, the happy time, the success time, and there's also people actually that prefer to be in the middle of a mess but aren't super happy about being in the happy time. Yeah. So it's nice that you have a good mix. Yeah, I think so. I think being a parent too, and I, I always refer to our leaders and our team, parent leadership is mm. like. It's really like the Lord, yeah. where he knew men fell, but yet he says, where are you in the garden? Now, this is the God who's fully present in every every single inch of this planet, yeah. and yet he's still seeking out men. That that was more about God didn't know where they weren't. It was more like, I'm so wanting to connect with you. Yeah. And in fact, when men fell, and Adam and Eve back in Genesis 3, the Bible says that he was walking in the cool of the afternoon. Now, I think about God, he was walking, and they just committed what he just said not to do. Yeah. But he wasn't frantic, he wasn't in a rush, he wasn't like, oh my gosh, the world is cracking. I'm still God, I still love you as my children, I'm walking towards you. Oh, that's beautiful. And I think about that constantly as I even minister here in Bethel with, with the students. It's like, oh, I want to be the guy who's not frantic, who's, who's if, they're, if they're succeeding, I'm just steady. I'm so glad you're succeeding. I'm championing you. If they're failing, I'm so glad that you can fail successfully here. Yeah. And that we can help you. And that if if I look frazzled by sin, I mean, I I feel like I've been saved from a lot. Mm. So I think being saved, you have an appreciation for the grace that's on your life towards you. So I'm like, I'm definitely the last person to feel like mess is not going to be good. Yeah. So I always think, wow, praise God they failed successfully here. Mm Mm-hmm. And that we're big enough to be able to, like, you know what? We're parents here. Yeah. I treat you not as kids. I mean, I'm saying not their own, my, my own kids, but that the, the style of leadership from a parent is that they, they recognize that trial and error happens. Right. The kids are trying to reach for something. The kids are trying to do something. You know, they made a mess. They were supposed to make a mess. 
They're yeah. learning how to use this revelation. That's so good. And it's the same with what how I apply that to the students. I, I love the privilege that we have here to really mentor, to be journey pastors whilst they're here at home. Yeah. Uh, to see whatever the Lord says for them. So good. It's cool that you bring up, you know, the parent style and mm-hmm. stuff like that because I was in the Bethel Bookstore the other day and Stephen Dixon, who is my third year in turn, yeah. um, he asked me how the podcast was going and I mentioned that I was going to interview you <laughs> today and he's like, oh, he's amazing. I was like, you know what? I don't really know very much about him yet. I mean, I've seen him from afar and I've, I've heard him speak, but I don't know. I'm, I'm super excited to get to know him better and... I said, you know, what's something about him that stands out to you? And he said he's a great father, wow. like at home and to his students. But like fatherhood is his heart. Oh, and I was Steve like, is very generous. what so a beautiful oh, compliment. And I'm like, that kind of tells me everything I need to know. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> oh, so, um, yeah, I just wanted to share that, that, that you're known as like a great father. Thank so that's well. really cool. And that, I'm sure that, that your well. students that um, you pastor already know that. but I pray so. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. So another thing that I know just from reading your bio, and I think I actually saw you one time here at school play the piano. You're a musician. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, you play the piano. Do you sing? Do you like... I can dabble in singing. I prefer just the musician. Okay. <laughs> like I can play guitar, bass, drums. Oh, wow. Okay. Piano. So you could do the whole band. I, I can dabble in all those things. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so um, I was just thinking about that. One of my favorite things about being here at school this year is the corporate worship time. Yeah, Every day, yeah. we're so blessed to be mm-hmm. able to experience corporate worship and participate in that. It's definitely one of the highlights of being here at school, and for sure the thing I'm going to miss the most when I leave. Yeah. But what do you think, um, I don't know, just the importance of corporate worship and what God's doing here at BSSM? Yeah, it's, look, I think, you know, Psalms 133, David writes, how pleasant, how wonderful it is that brethren dwell in unity. Mm. Yeah, he's referring to the children of Israel being at the mountain of God, Zion. Yeah. But what, what people often forget is that he was really referring to 12 different styles of tribes coming together in oneness. And I think about that with the corporate expression. It's, in our room, it's 1,450 individuals. Yeah coming into a place, surrendering, submitting, just to the one cause of being in a place of worship together. And I think there's something powerful about when people come together to worship the Lord. It seems to be a, a thread in Acts, because they all came together and God did right. things. They, right. they came together with generosity, and God did things. And, and I, I think it's a pattern how God does things a lot. It's like, obviously, we'll never be alone, because the Holy Spirit God, Jesus. Yes. So we, we can never claim being alone. But... Alone with God in, in ourselves is great in prayer life, but being in corporate worship, there's something that accelerates the hunger. There's something that accelerates, that set, sort of expedites this, this engagement with the bigness of God. Yeah. And I know when, when I'm going through situations, I'm, I'm praying for a breakthrough. Worship, even if I'm Bethel TV and I'm sitting at, my, at home on my podcast yes. and listening to the corporate expression, mm-hmm. I, get, I get pumped yeah. because it's like, oh, and so many people, so many diverse backgrounds coming together just to sing Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. And and I love that. I just love when people would just come and just be in awe with the bigness and the majesty and the wonder of God. Yeah. And that's what corporate expression for me. I, I, I'm always one. In first year, my experience was six months standing down the front, mm-hmm. receiving the Lord's love in so corporate good. worship. I have such a high value for gathering yeah. and worshiping. 
And so I think it's it's a real breakthrough moment. If you ever need breakthrough, quickly find a, a local house or a yes. place where you can come together with a group of people and just seek the face of God. Yeah, it makes a huge difference, I think. It does. Oh. Um, just your personal worship and and being able to be a part of corporate worship. I remember for years I was on staff at a church, um, women's pastor, and we came out here for the first time for a conference that Bobby Connor was speaking <laughs> oh, at. Oh, that's a good that one. That was yeah. my welcome, <laughs> welcome into Bethel. But um, I just remember when worship started, I just began to weep. Yeah. And it was the presence of the Holy Spirit in a way that I hadn't experienced yeah. before. Like, yeah. I experienced Him personally. Oh, on, but God. this was a corporate yeah. thing that I had never experienced before. And... I'll never forget that moment. And then we started coming and even we came, I came a lot um, with like friends from church and stuff. And then I even started coming to conferences by myself because there was just something yeah. that God was doing in me every time I came. Yeah. And yeah. people would tease me back home, you know, from Colorado and they would say, you know, you have a church. Why are you going out there three or four times a year? But I was learning and gleaning so much from the teachers here and the conferences. Yeah. And I knew it was where God wanted me to be in that moment, but I still always encountered him the most in the corporate worship atmosphere. And one time I remember, um, being over at the main campus and this was like probably four, four or five years ago and walking in worship started, same thing, the weeping. And I have, I just felt gratitude for being here just well up in my heart. Yeah. And I was just thanking the Lord over and over for allowing me to be here and experience this moment and for whatever he was doing in my heart at that time, you know? And I said to him, what is it about this place that is so good for me? And what is it that I'm sensing and feeling, like especially in the corporate worship environment? And I really felt that the Lord said to me, this is like heaven. This is like unity and honor and true worship. And it's the atmosphere of heaven that they've cultivated here, which I know, you know, cultivating the presence is something that, that Bill and Chris have fought really hard for and all the team. It it really is. Yeah. I, I, the corporate expression is of worship is like, it's so valuable for what the Lord is saying. Right. It's like, is saying, and is about to say where the church direction is going. And I always think about different movements, whether it be Elevation Church with Stephen Furtick or yes. Hillsong with Brian Houston and Hillsong team, Bethel here. Yeah. It just seems there's different threads every time. It's like, oh, worship was very catalytic. But then I think of Hillsong as like, worship was so catalytic and still is. Yeah. You know, I think all the way back to Darling Check song of Grace, uh, no, sorry, Shout to the Lord. Yes. In the late 90s, the early 2000s. Yeah. I think what that did there in the corporate expression of worship and gathering together. I mean, obviously, Individually worshiping, it, there's a sense of I give, I'm giving to the Lord in right. sweet surrender. But you know, when you gather together, it's like it's more, it becomes less about receiving mm-hmm. and more about I just want to give. We yeah. collectively want to contribute not only to the house of the Lord, but to the Lord Himself. Yeah. And I, I, I just there's something very special. I could talk about worship all day. I know, me too. I feel it's like I'm way. such a worshiper, and me too. And and and, and I leverage off our worship times here at school. So and good. As a leader, it's like it's so important that we learn to gather around someone or something like together for the Lord in, in worship. 
and it's so beneficial for, for just being a healthy person. Yeah. Is, is having that time set aside to worship. And so, yeah, big fan of corporate worship. <laughs> yeah. So for my listeners, you know, get plugged in somewhere that you you really feel the Lord leading you into um, that church and that body and, and get connected. I know a lot of people feel, um, especially when they're new to the Lord, that they don't know the words. You know, they feel like they're staring at the screen. They It's really easy to check out. But, you know, I would just say... Be intentional yeah. about your pursuit of that because it's like you said, it's super powerful and God really moves in yeah. those moments. Oh, yeah. Incredible. So speaking of movement, mm-hmm. God's movement, yeah. um, the other thing I really wanted to ask you is what direction do you think God is going in right now? And therefore, like, what direction is God calling the church into right now? And just us as believers. You know, I think... Um... I always think like there's, there's so many things. I mean, there's a million I'm prophets sure. out there yeah. saying a million things about what the Lord's doing. And the, and the good thing about that is it's like, it's not that anyone's got the word. Yeah. I feel like it's like, oh, God is such a imme- unmeasurable being yeah. that you could have a billion people look at him a billion different ways and still be so perfectly on point with what God's saying. That's right. Uh, across the larger church, I really do feel like just coming back to the simplicity of the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, and certainly my heart burns for that. Just simple message of the gospel, like simple message of the cross, coming back to the face of God. You know, I think people become so accustomed with the hand of God and that our prayer life begins to be more of a breakthrough hand of God. I need mm. something, which it, it's that's totally fine. But I want to move from hand to face yeah. in my life. Yeah. I'm like, God, I've been really praying. I look at my prayer life the last 12 months like, oh man, a lot has been about breakthrough moments, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. But I don't want that... The, the, the luxury of his hand to supersede my desire for his face. And I think for me right now, it's just like, I really feel like God is bringing a lot of people back just to that simple, why did I say I wanted to be a Christian in the first place? Right. I remember because, because he was so kind. I remember his love. I just remember his face. I didn't care about anything. I just wanted to know Jesus. Yeah. I, I feel like that, that, that there is like, first of all, you don't get to that point until you realize how much he loves you. Yeah. I think it's the, it's the, it's the two-way mm-hmm. two way increase right now. It's like God's love. You know, we sing songs like, I'm desperate for you, God. Which is true. But he's so more desperate for us yes. than we are for him. So <laughs> he's such a great initiator. You know? yes. So I'm like, oh, I just want to know the face of God. And I think if there's any scriptures, probably Isaiah 60, where it says, Arise and shine for the light has come. You know, And then verse 4 says, And nations will come to your life. Yes. And I really believe you know, the evangelistical side of things of what's happening is as we look at his face, nations will come because of the light within us. Wow. His face. And I'm like, oh, seeing his face, you know, I, I bless you and keep you. And may his face shine upon you. The psalm. I forget which psalm that is, but I, I love that psalm, yeah. thinking about how God, <laughs> the kindness of his face looking at you, looking into him mm-hmm. and becoming completely transformed. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I, I want to be known not because I'm the guy who brings breakthrough. Even though that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I want to be known because he knows Jesus. Right. And that someone would look at me and say, oh, there's something different about him. He must know someone or something. Yeah, it's Jesus. Yeah, it's that, it's like that prayer, that desire to be like Moses, you know, yeah. that his, you would be so face to face with him all the time that you would glow in his presence <laughs> and also that he would call you a friend of God. Yeah. We can become so complicated. All of our friendships, you know, no one likes complicated friends. 
Yeah. You know, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. oh, well, this is so, I have to, did he wave at me? Did she wave at me? I guess <laughs> I didn't get the text. You know, she sent me a message on Facebook and I haven't seen it in four yeah. days. And all that stuff is very complicated trying to manage that type of life. Yeah. But the Lord is very simple. And I think that's coming back to the simplicity of the Lord. You love God. Mm-hmm. You love people. Okay, I don't agree with all the theology that people do, whatever. We're always being constant search of what's true. And this is the beauty of progressive growth. Is But I just know that, that to get to God is through Jesus. And I just love Jesus' face. Mm-hmm. I love the Lord. And pursuing Him. Because mm-hmm. He's pursuing us. He's the master. In this, he's the master builder. He says, we're Ephesians 2.10, we are His workmanship. Now, I build tables on the side business, right? So I know okay. what it takes to build a table. And I'm looking at the edges. And when I finish the product before giving it to someone, I'm making sure everything is perfect. Mm-hmm. Now, think that billion times God. Yeah. When he looks at us, he's like, I'm fashioning you. He's so for us. You know, so cool. His thoughts in Psalms 139, verse 18. says, there's so many thoughts towards us. It cannot be compared to the grain of sand on the shore. And I'm like, I keep thinking about the scriptures. Like, oh, he loves me so much. It's so good. I just got to keep my face on his face because how he looks at me mm-hmm. is uncomparable. Yeah, I was. That reminds me. Um, I think it's like Psalms 105. I don't know, but in it, he's. It's like, Lord, I want to like talk to you and love on you so well that like when I pray to you, it brings you joy and like you smile, <laughs> you know, I think that's the passion translation. I'm, I love the I'm passion totally translation. like butchering, no, no, that's fine. But, but I just remember reading that and thinking, and I prayed back to him. I was like, Lord, when you think of me, I want a smile to come to your face. Like yeah. uh, I am so grateful for you, but I, I smile when I think of you and I hope that you smile when you think of me. Yeah. Like, that's my oh. best desire. And so, um, I felt like right before we went on break for Christmas break here at school, I really felt the Lord, you know, kind of when we talked about it in our revival group a lot with Jeremy, that he was calling us just to lean in, mm-hmm. you know, cause so many people were going through a lot of hard things yeah. right before Christmas break. And I just felt like the Lord was saying, just push through the break and come back because yeah. literally breakthrough is on the other side yes. and I could feel it. And I knew that. And there were so many of us that saw that happen when we came back to school. And then when we got back, I really felt like our very first RG back, I felt the Lord talking about intentional pursuit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you guys, he wants us to intentionally pursue him and have a single-minded focus. And and I was sharing what, so what was really on my heart and what I felt like the Lord was sharing about us, not being distracted. Yeah. And, um, then I got home that night and I was like, Lord, thank you so much for like reminding us to, you know, intentionally pursue you and and to have that single focus of going after your face. And I, it was so cool because immediately I just heard him speak to my heart and say, yeah, but I'm also intentionally pursuing you. I am. I just want you to know I'm intentionally pursuing you. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're, <laughs> God, you're so, like, I was making it about, this is what, you know, he's telling us to do, which was true, but he was also like, yeah, but look at the other, I'm totally yeah. pursuing yeah. you intentionally. Yeah. Oh. And I'm just like, that is the best. And I'm excited. I mean, I'm like you, I, I'm excited about the simple gospel mm-hmm. and getting things back focused on, on Jesus. The leaning is the, is, is the important step right now. Yeah. You know, the, the Bible says in Isaiah 43, too, probably one of the most 
verse 19 is one of the most quoted scriptures from prophets or people who are leading anything. Mm-hmm. Be like, God's doing a new thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He'll make a way in the wilderness yeah. and streams of water in the, in the desert. And then, then if you read a little bit further, it says, but he says, God's doing a new thing. Actually, before that, before the, 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 the breakthrough, he says, can you perceive it? Mm. I thought, isn't that interesting that the, the obvious is happening, that he's doing a new thing, but can we perceive it? The yeah. question is, that's to us. So I think about that with the Lord right now. It's like, oh, man, I, I want the more of the Lord. That's a, that's a common phrase we use. You know, it's like, I want more of God. I, I want the more of what I have seen. Mm-hmm. I want the more of what I've read in the disciples. Yeah. But then I want the more of God that I've never experienced before, that I have literally no context for. Yeah. Because that's more of, because I don't want to just pray for more of the same thing. I want to pray for more of the same thing, but more than also of what I don't know of this God who is unmeasurable. Yeah. And I think about that, I'm like, mm, as I lean into him, and leaning into him can be a difficult thing sometimes. And when I say difficult, it's not in, in a striving way, it's just like, it, it, it's, just, it's like a song and dance. You have to yeah. learn how to move. And Romans eight fourteen and the ESV says, you know, that those who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. Mm. Now, the Passion Translation, Brian Simmons puts it such powerfully. He says, those who are led by the impulses of the Holy Spirit, um, sorry, the mature sons of God are led by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Funny enough, the next verse in that, Romans 8, 15, talks about how that the Lord basically takes away the fear of being a failure. I love Romans 8. I think I've, I've yeah. been embedded in Romans 8 for like six months. I feel like it's a scripture, a passage for me personally, oh, cool. in my life. But I think about the impulses of the Holy Spirit. The other thing I was thinking about impulses, I've gone shopping and been impulsive. Oh, yeah. Like, I didn't think I was going to do this, but now I'm doing this. Yeah. Impulsive buying. Now, we see that as a negative context. Sure. But I think what he was talking about there with the impulse of the Holy Spirit, that God is like, he's so moving fluidly. And it's like, oftentimes he's like, I want you to go from A to B. And then when we get to B, it's like, actually, I want you now to go to D. Yeah. Well, I thought you just wanted me to go to B. I was actually more interested in getting you moving. The Lord's saying, like, then they're actually getting to be. And so I think about those things. I'm like, oh, in this season of the simple face of God, the Holy Spirit, the encountering the Holy Spirit, being led by His voice. Yes. And the, the biggest trust scripture in the Bible is obviously Proverbs 3, 5, where it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean on your own understandings, mm-hmm. all your ways acknowledge Him, He will direct your path. Yeah. It's funny, it says lean. Yeah. And I'm like, lean not on my own understanding. Oh, Isaiah 43, I don't want to just... He's doing a new thing, so I can't lean on my old experiences. Mm. I have to lean into That's a good word right the there. Spirit of God and say, what are you doing right now? Yes. Isaiah 42 says, sing a new song. Mm. And I love Isaiah 242 because it's like, oh yeah, sing a new song. Hang on, it sounds the same, but it's a new song. So it's the same thing, mm. just with new lyrics. That's good. So I'm like, oh. <laughs> I, I know that this season for me personally is leaning in. I'm like, I want to lean into... Mm. What you're doing, what you're saying, and help me, Lord. Yeah. Show me, Lord. He's so kind. Yes, he is. He's like it's like the Easter egg hunt. Bill Pastor <laughs> Bill talks about this, like you know, as they're kids and really young kids, he makes it easy for yeah, his kids. Right I, up I the love that about Bill and Betty. That story is incredible. So and then when they're older, he hides it a lot more. Mm-hmm. And then I think about the glory of God that's hitting the earth today. And then I think of Proverbs where it says, "It's the glory of God to conceal a matter, and the glory of kings to search it out." And we're all called to be kings and priests. Yes. So I was like, oh, it's it's glory in the journey of searching out what God has hidden for us. So good. And so I'm like a little boy yeah. coming to school in a candy shop. Looking for the treasure. You know, I'm just looking. And I like sweets too. <laughs> <laughs> My mom makes the best caramel tarts. <laughs> I'm like, oh. I just love, I'm like, oh, I'm looking for what the Lord's doing. 
So. I know he's done so many things, but just like the children of Israel, you know, he's done so many things, and the Lord's saying, speak to the rock, don't hit it. Mm-hmm. But because Moses becomes so familiar mm-hmm. with how the Lord had moved, he hits the rock. Now, we read that scripture like, oh my gosh, can't he just hear the voice of God? We didn't have context. Right. And that's a very difficult thing. If you've seen God do so many things. You just assume. You right? just assume. And I'm like, oh, okay, let me learn from those stories that I have to lean in more because what it looked like hitting something is now God saying, actually, I want you to speak to it. I'm like, hmm. And maybe he wants me to speak. Wow. That's good. And I'm trying to do something as in hitting it. <laughs> I love that. He's so kind of. The Lord is yeah. like, the good thing about with the Lord, we always get so many options and chances. Yeah. He's so, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so a good patient father. with us like he that. He really is. He's good. Well, my time with you is up. Thank I know you, you have a busy no, schedule, but I would love it if we could just close by you yep. praying over our listeners yes. and releasing that that love encounter with the Lord. Yeah. Or whatever oh, else. What a privilege. And yeah, just pray right now over Carla and those who are listening right now. God, that you would overwhelm them with your love. The most important thing is to be known, to be loved. That Romans 8, 34 to 38, that nothing can separate us from your love. That, Lord, it wouldn't just be great great words on a page. It wouldn't also just be someone else's great experience, but it would become a revelation and encounter for our own lives. And so I just bless every listener right now, that, Lord, that they become infatuated with a God who's more infatuated with us than we are with Him. That He's so for us. He's the master builder. He's... He's the initiator. He's the one who's running after us. As we're submitting to you, God, he's running towards us in that process. And God, I just thank you right now just for this revolution of love. Let us be baptized in fire like we've yes. been speaking about here and baptized again, secondly, in your love. Yes, Lord. That, we'd be, that we would experience a baptismal love continually, God. You're so gracious. You're so wonderful. And you have so many thoughts towards us. We just literally can never fail. And I'm so thankful for you. And I just bless every listener right now in Jesus' name. Thank you again for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And for all of our listeners, thanks for tuning in. And remember, leave religion out of it and just bring Jesus. Jesus.